Yo, 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 What's what up? Happening? Happy Monday. Hope y'all having a good one. Chilling. Hope y'all had a good weekend. And here we are. Another week, another series of things for us to uh, to talk about. And assuming that the stream doesn't crash again like it did last week, we're going to have quite a day today because we're going to be not one, not two, but three shows today. <laughs> yep. We are talking about um, Ready Player One, Moxie, and the first episode of Loki. Although most likely... Um, after we do our recording segment for YouTube, uh, Cheryl and I might get to talking a little bit more about uh, just the other two episodes, uh, just just for fun. But we'll see if we have time. That'll be dependent on how much time we have by the end of the show. Yeah, and we'll also have to see if I even remember the other episodes. <laughs> Sorio's right. Today, will they or won't they crash? But we have the great Cheryl Troy connected to Wired today. So... Here's, we are, fingers crossed. That's true. I am not on Wi-Fi today. I am, for the first week, directly connected to the router. So hopefully it works out. <laughs> and if it doesn't, then I don't know what else to do, guys. I know. Crossing fingers hella hard. Like... <laughs> Because I didn't have a wire, but now I do. I got one, so relax. Yeah. I <laughs> Look, I hope that eventually that I can get a better computer to help out, help, help out with this process. But, um, yes, I am glad that we got her an Ethernet cord. Well, the thing was, she wasn't sure if she wanted to stretch an Ethernet cord. She's at the back of her, her place, and her router is basically like... She's at the back of the house and the router's at the front of the house. And so the Ethernet cord has to stretch across all the roommates' um, doors in order for Cheryl to like plug it into her room. But she's doing that tonight, but she's just gonna unplug it when we're not doing the show. So hopefully they don't trip over the Ethernet cord. Oh shit, did you tell them that there's gonna be an Ethernet cord outside their rooms? Um. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Give me a sec. Let me just look at my phone really quick. <laughs> you don't want them to trip. They're gonna. It's like your computer's gonna get pulled and like everything's gonna come crashing down. Dude, I think the one that's tripping is you. Relax. Oh my gosh. <laughs> a roommate tripping edition. <laughs> If I hear a thunk, I'm just gonna pretend I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, oh, um, so we're gonna get right into it today, despite this mini conversation. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. We have we have a lot to get through, so we're gonna jump right into the recordings. <laughs> uh, man, it's funny, but yeah, don't worry. Fingers crossed. Let's uh, let's hopefully just go ahead and get right to it. So we decided that we're going to first start by talking about Ready Player One, right? Um, yes, but apparently we can't record yet. Oh, why? What's up? What's up, Story? Because yeah. your text is available. Okay, yeah, well, okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it, it looks like she just doesn't want us. Oh, 
Oh, compliments. <laughs> compliments are coming now. <laughs> we we are on point. She's, like, she's just like, you're terrible. This this show sucks. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, shit. You guys want to go live. I love this show. This show is amazing. Oh, my God. Those people are so great. <laughs> Best show ever. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> guys, so... So Chris and I were texting, and then I forget what we were talking about exactly, but Chris told me to to not fish for compliments, and I was like, dude, you are the last person I want compliments from. <laughs> I'm not fishing, trust me. <laughs> I actually was just watching, like, some of those uh, old, like, clips on, um, like, the other day from my, my personal Twitch channel of me doing compliments, and... You're very, you're very patient with me. There's one compliment that I said that even after I heard it for the first time in a while was like, I can't believe I said that. Holy shit! Why is Cheryl my friend? And I just kind of like dropped my head. And so, you are, you are a good sport. And I'm sorry for being such a shitty person some of the time. I mean, friend is a strong word, so I don't really know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so let's go ahead and um, jump right into this with uh, Ready Player One. So for those of you guys, we're going to go ahead and start recording our YouTube seg segment. Feel free, to still feel, feel free to still hang around and join in the chat, but we're going to try to bang these out today. So, all right. So whenever you are ready, Cheryl, All right, here go. we go. Three, two, one, and go. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is C3 Films, and this is an open discussion. My name is Chris, and this is... Cheryl. And today, we are going to be talking about Ready Player One. So, this movie's pretty old. It's not super old, but it's pretty old. So, um, but if you haven't seen it, go ahead and check it out, and then come back and watch our video, because we will be getting into spoiler territory. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into this. Um, so, this was the first time that both of us have seen this movie. Like, neither one of us saw this movie when it came out, right? Right, I watched it for the very first time this weekend. Okay, and like, did you ever see Alita? Like no. Alita Battle Angel? No. Okay, we should watch that at some point because this reminded me of like Alita Battle Angel meets Avatar with like a little bit of like Matrix flair thrown in in certain place in certain places. It's very, it's very interesting um, because it wasn't what I expected. I don't think I expected though I didn't I don't, I don't know I don't know what I thought. I didn't I guess I, I knew they were in a video game world, but I didn't realize that how avatar like heavy based the the movie was going to be. Interesting. Um my take on it was like sword art online meets Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> That's, that's a pretty good description, too, actually, especially with how the movie feels towards the, the, the end. Like, this is definitely a Steven Spielberg film. There are definitely Spielbergisms that you can just, that you just feel pulsating through, like, the, the, the story as it progresses, especially when you get to the end. The end, by no means, is like a, I don't know, like, um, a revolutionary ending. But 
I mean, it feels, this movie feels like a 90s movie. When I watch this movie, I feel like I just got done watching a movie like, for instance, Back to the Future, which is, you know, 80s, but it had that feeling to me. Yeah, definitely. After I finished watching it and I saw that the director was Steven Spielberg, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I I see that. (laughs) Right. And I think the uh, composer was Alan Silvestri, which... I might be wrong. I need to go check this, but I believe Alan Silvestri is the same person who did the music for Spider-Man um, and a couple of other, like the first, like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Um, but I might be getting it mixed up. But I remember Alan Silvestri in a couple of movies and like the music felt very indicative of what I would expect from from him. So, but yeah, like I guess in general, um, how did you, like, how did you enjoy the movie when you knew nothing, you didn't really, I mean, I'm sure you knew that it was a video game based movie. Um, but yeah, how did, how did it, how did you relate to it? How, especially as someone who does play games? Oh, I thought it was interesting. It, it felt like I had to watch the beginning, uh, twice. I, I just wanted to make sure I understood the rules of the world clearly. And at first I was questioning and I was like, but like, in a real game, when you die, you only lose what you're carrying. So it doesn't make sense that, like, when you die, you lose everything. But then, you know, you had to raise the stakes. And by the end of the movie, it made sense why they made it that way. And it did kind of remind me of Sword Art Online. And if you haven't seen Sword Art Online, sorry, I'm about to spoil a little bit here. Um, so you might want to plug your ears real quick, tune back in a minute. Um, but in Sword Art Online, you if, when you die in the game you you die in real life too um after the the whole thing gets hijacked so it, it felt like in comparison it sort of online is definitely darker but um i understood that rule more than in ready player one in ready player one the the nature of you dying doesn't make sense to me like when you die in the game you should just auto respawn with your stuff in your inventory, not in your inventory, but you lose the stuff that you were carrying. You see, so you're approaching it from a gamer who would be <laughs> completely frustrated with the fact that you die a lot and you would lose all of your stuff. But I'd be like, I don't want to play. Movie, <laughs> I mean, the context of the movie it does make sense though. Like, I like the way they call it, like I like the term of zero out. Um, I like that they throw you into like the world with like these different references to like these wars or stuff that you don't see, but like the characters talk about them. Um, but yeah, but zeroing out makes sense because the I, if you're not gonna have people actually die and you want the stakes to matter, then making people basically lose everything that they've ever gotten, even like if they've been playing the game for ten years and they lose everything, then yeah, it raises the stakes from from a story perspective. From a gaming perspective, that is a very big flaw because there are very few characters that, that very few players that would be able to go even like two days without dying at least once, you know? And I, I remember asking myself, wait, well, you don't have extra lives in this world because that seems kind of silly. And, you know, spoiler alert, like we said, but by the end of the movie, he, he gets an extra life and it's cool. At the same time as somebody who plays video games, I'm thinking to myself, can other people not get, is this like a new thing? Has no one ever gotten an extra life before? Because that is messed up. Like, 
that would not make me want like I don't I don't think I would ever engage in any type of PvP battle for fear that I would lose all of my gear if I've been playing a game for five years. That that doesn't sound appealing at all. Exactly. Like I feel like a game like this wouldn't last very long if you lose everything when you die. And then you have to start all over. Like, no thanks. <laughs> or I would just keep playing like it didn't matter. It just didn't sound like a very fun game to not be able to, like, at least be able to have the chance to go back and get your stuff like you can in, like, uh, Dark Souls. You know, Dark Souls, like the Dark Souls series, yeah, you can, mm -hmm. like, touch the thing. And um, if you go back and you touch the, um, your life before you die again, then you get the stuff that you lost the first time. But mm -hmm. if you die before you get there, then you lose everything that you dropped. Mm -hmm. I mean, you put, you put it that way, that is a similar mechanic, but... It's a, it's a mechanic in an actual video game that works. But that makes me wonder, did did you read the book? Because this is based off a book, right? It is. And no, I did not read the book. Okay, yeah. And I never read the book either. I read something similar to this. Um, have you ever heard of the book Snow Crash? I have not. Okay. It's a Neil Stevenson novel, and it has a very similar feel. I think it was written in the 80s, maybe early 90s. But it was kind of before its time. Um, and it dealt with the same concept of virtual world, avatars. Um, the character looks different in the, um, the game world and it's very skilled with a, a samurai sword and he has special gear that he, can, that he actually wears on his real world body that allows him to move with the fluidity that a human would move in real life. While other people who have, um, I guess, less expensive gear have like the lag between their brain telling them to do their character to do something and their character actually doing it. But for him, it's instant because he has his full body suit uh, because he also is one of the creators that helped make the game or he worked on it when it was during its inception. But it's this whole world and you have these creature looking avatars and like um, these people that are blue or whatever. And it's all, and these are all like real world people, but they kind of start to like live in the game. So I don't know when Ready Player One came out as a novel, but that was what this movie uh, reminded me of. And I really and I really love that novel. That's interesting that it was, uh, it really does sound like it's before it's time if they're writing something like that, which is so futuristic. And even now, like we have, um, you know, th uh, you know, I, what do you call it? The reality Oculus thing. Yeah, Oculus, yeah. <laughs> but even then it's like, not that good because like when you i don't know if you've ever played with one but you you basically you're in a room and it, you need to be like in a room that's big enough where you can kind of walk around but otherwise like something over yeah and and i have definitely like fallen over and like walked into walls and stuff <laughs> right and um at least like in the movie i i guess it's like kind of right, but the treadmill yeah, for his treadmill and stuff. But I also thought it was interesting how, like, people were, like, jumping on the furniture and stuff. And, like, when you can't see the furniture, then it's very, like, you know, because it's not going to be exactly where things are in the in the 3D world. So I thought it was interesting the way they played that off. But I also thought it was really cool how they had people just running around in the streets with the goggles on, like, <laughs> and not have any shot of someone like walking into a pole or falling on a car or tripping over the curb or something 
because that's what reality would be if you were walking around the street with those goggles on. So, <laughs> well, yeah, they also had these like moments where the characters were in the game, but then they would look up in the real world, and they would you would, it would make the the movie would make you feel like they were seeing something that was happening in front of them, even though they were in the game. Because and you're just like, oh wait, so is it like somewhat trans? transparent so you can like see the game but you can still see your reality because we all know if we were an oculus thing that's all you see unless you turn the game off mm -hmm. um but yeah so that was a little strange but at the same time i was like okay for story purposes i can i can let some of that stuff slide i also thought it was weird when you know you have the mother at the beginning and she jumps on the couch and that's her like climbing the the edge of the cliff and whatever and it's kind of like well that wouldn't necessarily work that way because you also still have to run around and dodge and your house isn't, isn't that big. <laughs> yeah, and how um, did you know that the couch was there? Right? Yeah, <laughs> so, like, that stuff was weird, but the treadmill stuff, I thought, was a nice way of kind of dealing with that, and then, like, the suits that can allow you to feel pain and everything. Oh, the first thing I thought to myself was, I can see some masochists buying that thing, but most players are not going to want to know what it feels like to actually get shot. Just... Just saying, I, I don't need my video games to be that realistic. I, I don't need to feel the pain of being stabbed with a sword. Like, I'm good, bro. I can go my entire life and never have that experience. Um, but the other thing about this movie is that there's a lot of modern day Easter eggs. So like when the, when the book was written, it definitely didn't have all of these references to properties that, um, that are owned by this production company. But or I guess we just got permission, but like, did you, I thought myself having a lot of, taking longer to get through the movies than I wanted to because I would want to see how many references to pop culture I'd be able to pull out. And there are a lot, and it's not just video games, it's, it's movies, it's uh, television shows. It's kind of crazy actually. Yeah, it was pretty jam-packed with a lot of it, uh, a lot of references, and I didn't get all the references. I'm pretty sure a lot of them flew past me as well, so I just kind of rolled with it. <laughs> but um, but I, I, I knew enough to still appreciate that there were references, and I was like, for, I think someone that is more of a gamer, um, and like, I guess even like a f someone that's more into film than me, um, would appreciate the this movie more than me, because <laughs> I I yeah. actually yeah because I because I actually don't think this movie is that good, but I don't think it's bad either. Um, it's just I'm kind of neutral with it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I there's a lot of things that frustrated me in this movie from a story perspective, which make me just think like this movie is just kind of whatever, but at the same time, it might be because I'm a geek or a nerd, I forget the difference, but like I actually was getting the references. When he said, you know, when they say, yo, that's Connor this bike from Akira. I'm like, yeah, I know. And it's riding right alongside the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Oh, and by the way, that's Tracer from Overwatch. And I do think I just saw Batman spawn and um, Battletoads running next to each other like, with their heads in the and their hands in the sky, and there is a freaking Gundam in this movie. There is a Gundam in this movie. What? There's an actual live action Gundam in a movie yet right now. And I know they did some like in Japan, but I don't think it looked this good. So, 
Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of crazy. So I just had a lot of I had a lot of fun watching the movie and the shining sequence. Like we've seen the shining. So I when when he turns the corner and sees the little girls, I'm like, yeah, no. And then he starts walking to the elevator. I'm like, blood's about to come out of that elevator, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, it it felt like this movie in many ways kind of rewarded you for the last like 20 years or 30 years of watching movies um, because now you get to kind of like see them it referenced in this other really big movie. And so like, I got to really appreciate things like the shining sequence. Yeah, I actually thought that was cool that they actually went inside the shining movie and actually thought it was hilarious that um, H was like, you know, I don't watch scary movies. And then like, he sees the two girls and I'm like, no, no. And he's like talking to them like, you don't want to be in here. And I'm like, no, you don't want to be in here. You don't want to be <laughs> you in wanna here. You want to turn around right now. <laughs> <laughs> like I felt their frustration when they were just like, "You haven't seen The Shining." I'm like, "Right? What are you doing here? You haven't seen The Shining?" <laughs> it's like I don't like scary movies. I don't like scary movies either, but I have seen The Shining. <laughs> right? Yeah. So there's just there's a lot of cool references. Um, you know this 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 movie apparently had this movie had Mecha Godzilla in it, which was fun to see after. Uh, you know, was there another movie that came out not too long ago? Yeah. <laughs> it was a cool fight to watch Mechagodzilla versus the Gundam and um, the Iron Giant. That was cool. Right. Yeah, there's like there's a lot of just fun stuff. Um, but there's a lot of stupid things in this movie, too. Because, for instance, when they trick the guy into thinking that he's in real life, but he's still in the game in virtual reality... Why are you leaving the door open that shows your avatars working behind him? Even if he doesn't happen to look and see a reflection in the like mirror or whatever, he can still just turn the chair and see. You are, it is literally just the difference between him just like, oh, well, you have a gun on me, but I'm just going to turn because I want to look and see. And then your illusion's ruined. So that bugged me. And also... Who in a cyber, who in the cyber age, who has also grown up in the cyber age, keeps their password on a sticky note <laughs> next to their game console that they're about to play? You live in the cyber age of technology. This dude would have it on like his earpiece or his phone, like whatever that equivalent is. People had tablets. It would not be on the side of the thing. That contrivance was like one of the biggest things that almost made me just be like, yo, screw this movie. But then I was able to start having fun again. But that that thing got me. <laughs> I kind of liked it because I was like, to, well, see, like, hear me out. The reason yeah, yeah. why I liked it is because he's the villain, obviously. And it just right. shows, like, how he's so dumb. And I like <laughs> that. I like that he's so dumb that he would write his password on a post-it note right next to, like, where you, like, that's, that's, like security 101 that you don't write it like we have trainings for that in real life that you should never do that you should never write it down and put it <laughs> right in front of the thing on the laptop screen <laughs> <laughs> that's what i used to block my camera no. <laughs> but, <laughs> but <laughs> i thought it would see when he looked over his shoulder and saw the reflection 
I thought that he was going to see that the post-it note was not there and then realize that. Oh, that so, would have been cool. That would have been better he would have been like, left out the post-it note. Yeah, because then he would be drawing a conclusion. Like, they either took it or it's like, this can't be it because I always have my post-it note with my password there and they didn't put it there. <laughs> I think I could have got behind that. That could have been funny because that would have been like a practical way to show how he could figure out that the world wasn't real as opposed to them just being dumb and doing the thing that they're trying to do secretly right behind them with the door open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then it would be like a detail they forgot as opposed to them just making a really dumb mistake. Yeah. No, nah, exactly. There's um. I like, so I like the, I forget her name now. Wow. Yeah. The, the main, the main female character in the movie. Artemis. Um, Art, Artemis. Was that her name? Yeah. Yeah. Or Samantha. I liked her. She was, I liked her avatar. I thought she was fun. There was, there were some good moments where he was just like, I like the scene when he's like, oh, I'm in love with you. And she's like, you don't know me. This isn't even how I look. This isn't my face. This isn't my body. Bruh. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Can I just, yeah, he's an idiot. Yeah, and <laughs> Thank you. also, like, they just met, and I thought it was even more hilarious when H was like, she could be a 300-pound dude living in his mom's basement. Right? <laughs> and his name is Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I play video games like MMOs, I usually make a female character. So, you know, you gotta watch yourself. But, I mean, it's just... Yeah, I I like the fact that she was so practical. Um, even near the end of the movie, when he was like right before he shot her, and he was I guess he was trying to talk something about like love or something, and she literally says to him, "Not right now." <laughs> so she seemed like a very practical character. So I really I really enjoyed her, and like and the other characters, you know, they're not they don't get like a whole ton of development but they're there and they do some cool things of course one of the one of the characters has to be an 11 year old kid because we've all been playing halo with that 14 year old that is just wrecking your life and is just talking so much trash and you cannot like you can't beat them so that that was like this is for the gamers i get this i don't think this is ridiculous at all this makes 100 percent sense to me yeah i definitely feel that that was done right like just the the uniqueness and diversity of the characters Mm -hmm. i think they did that right so yeah definitely nod to the nod (laughs) yeah but uh so yeah i don't i don't think this movie is amazing um and i definitely feel like there's a lot of things that frustrate me but at the end of the day when i ended it I felt grateful to be able to recognize the references. Um, it made me it made me kind of feel just really proud to be able to understand what was happening or what they were showing because they didn't always explain it. And being able to pick out, like pause the scene and be able to pick out a lot of the characters that they chose for avatars and think to myself, oh my gosh, an animator actually had to sit down and put all these details in here that uh, most people are going to miss. Um, but it's like you you kind of get a glimpse and that's an, and that's enough. Um, all of that made it so that by the time I got to the end of the movie, even though the end of the movie is so cheesy, 
it is so cheesy. It is so 90s, but I don't know. I liked it. It's just, well, I mean, I sure. gotta tell when, you, when the movie, what? I gotta tell you, I hate it, hate it when people just clap and cheer when something happens, like when the main characters achieve their thing and like random characters, even like the ones that were working for the other side are clapping and cheering and I'm like, I hate that. I, that's like the worst thing you can put in your movie in my opinion. <laughs> well, oh, you mean besides the narration? Besides, the, besides the voiceover. But you know what? I didn't mind the voiceover because I was like, it's that kind of movie and they establish it very early on. So... Um, right. it, it works for that kind of movie. So, the, but the cheering doesn't work for me in any kind of movie. So. Well, the thing that got me was the, where I'm like, they reach the end of the movie and then Simon Pegg just shows up. And like, they try to like ask where he's like, hello, how did you get here? And he's like, oh yeah, everybody's been watching. And I'm like, yeah, even if you were watching within the state, you still could have been like, you know, 50 miles away, like, what <laughs> so but the fact is like right when they get to the crash it's like that whole kind of wrap-up scene where the villain gets taken down but then and the the guy and the girl get together and then the people are cheering and then the, some people show up saying hey we heard the confession so we know the bad guy is evil and then oh wait but also the guy that created the game is also here and he's right there and he's ready to talk to you too and it's like whoa this is so many things happening in the last like three minutes in one section like how are you all here i think that the thing at the end that bothered me the most was when um what what's his name serrano what's his name the villain oh Um, sorrento sorrento (laughs) sorrento shows up and like the people on the stacks are like you're not getting past us. And then he whips out a gun and they're like, okay, go on right ahead, right up to the truck and go ahead. Don't shoot me. You can go ahead and shoot the kids. Go for it. (laughs) Just don't shoot me. (laughs) Just go on right by. All of us, we all are okay with it now. Just don't shoot us. Right. I mean, I guess people didn't want to get shot, but I'm like, yo, you were one man with a bunch of, with like maybe like 12 bullets, 16 bullets in that thing. You're only going to get off like two shots before you get mobbed. Like, seriously. But I guess nobody wanted to be the one person that might get shot. But he was even walking with the gun up in the air like this. Yeah. And I feel like, walking like this. I feel like what I would do is I would let him, I would be like, oh yeah, okay, go right ahead. And then as soon as he passes me, just whack him on the back of the head. <laughs> They all play video games. (laughs) Now now you all can cheer. (laughs) Yay! Oh, man, that reminds me. The villain in this movie, the the henchwoman. um, (laughs) Finale? What's up? Finale? Finale. Oh, my gosh. Yo, like, the stunt person that had to play her took like one of the worst falls I've seen in a movie. They're in a moving truck. Uh, like if you guys, if you like haven't seen it, they're in a moving truck and she's fighting and it's a really cool like kind of scene in like the moving truck. And one of the people kick like, oh, like um, Ty Sheridan kicks her out of the moving truck. She literally falls out of the moving truck. The camera stays on her, falls out of the moving truck, 
bounces off the ground and then rolls. And I'm thinking to myself, that's not CG. A stunt person actually did that. Yo, I cannot, yo, you got messed up. I felt, I felt so bad for that character. Yeah, it looked real and it looked super painful. And then we see her later in, in the back of the cop car and she has like one cut and I'm like, <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that does not equate to me in my mind from what you showed me earlier, but all right, you know, it's it's that kind of movie. <laughs> right, exactly. So it's, it's definitely a kid's movie. No one even dies in this film except, oh, no, wait, not true. Two people die in this movie, but that's it. Um, I mean, I guess you could, you could, you could, we could assume that more people died in that explosion, but as far as on-screen character deaths, we've seen his his aunt and her crappy boyfriend yeah um that's the other thing it's like after she dies like i mean we already know he doesn't care about the dude but after his aunt dies he's just like he's upset for like a minute and then he sees samantha and then he was like i just want to be in love with you and like nothing there's no mourning there's no crying he doesn't say anything about her and it just like takes away the relevance of the death that you might as well have not even put it in there. Like, what was even the point? Yep, of killing exactly. Her off? And he he says something to uh, Sorrento or whatever, where he's like, "Oh, you killed my mom's sister," which I thought was also awkward when he was saying it. I was like, <laughs> "You don't you don't want to just, just say, say your aunt? aunt? <laughs> <laughs> my aunt? <laughs> you killed my aunt? I'm pretty sure." If, Peter Parker saw that Aunt May got killed by Green Goblin. He wouldn't go to the Green Goblin and said and say, "You killed my mom's sister." <laughs> you killed my mom's brother's aunt on my his father's side, twice removed. Yeah. And I'm mad. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. No. So it's just it was. I had a fun time. I had a fun time. I wouldn't, but like I said, I wouldn't say it's a great movie, um, but I don't think it's bad either. I was entertained and I enjoyed myself by the end. Yeah, it definitely had its issues. Um, I think I pointed out the major ones for me. <laughs> but for sure. yeah, I still, despite those things, I still had a good time. Those are just, those were just things that like I could look past. And as the movie was going, I was just kind of like, but oh well. <laughs> like, <laughs> There's no point in trying to, like, break it down and, like, deconstruct it. Like, a lot of the times I'm just like, okay, I'm going to just let this happen. But the things that I mentioned were, like, the main things where, like, I just couldn't let it go. I have to talk about this. I'm not okay <laughs> with this. For sure. So is there anything else that you wanted to, um, is there anything else you want to bring up before we close out this segment? Um, just that I love the character I rock. <laughs> I love, oh my god, you I love his, Yeah, I love his screen name. I love the the guy that plays the voice of him and just his character in general was funny. Like you just bit right into the center of the tissue. <laughs> yeah, I like you. You don't lick. You just bite right down into the center of the tissue roll. <laughs> I was like, this is great. I love this character. It's the orb of Osgod. <laughs> you don't need to say it again. It's the orb. Of... It's like, oh, bro, you doing too much. He just seems like a cool dude. Like in real life, he just seems like a cool dude. I mean, he was the most real person. When that guy had the, the nuke that was gonna kill everybody, he's like, yeah, bro. I thought you were just. 
I thought you were just bluffing. Yo, I got 10 years worth of stuff in me. <laughs> so I'm not trying to die. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, yeah. But overall, fun movie. But, uh, yeah, what did you guys think about Ready Player One? Have you seen it? Did you enjoy it? Did you think that it was a fun movie? Did you think that it was cheesy? Did you not really like it? Whatever you thought, comment below. Let us know. I want it down there if you give us a like, share, and subscribe. Even if you don't, though, I have been Chris, and this has been... Cheryl, and we will see you all next time. All right. All right. That was a YouTube segment. That was the YouTube... One more. One down. All right. So just want to reply to some people in the chat real quick. Onslaught. Good to see you here. I'm glad to see you here, cousin. Thank you. And, <laughs> and I think Trigger. we got a Thank follow you the, earlier. Uh, for the lurk. Um, it seems like a couple of you guys have already seen this movie before. <laughs> um, Which is good. Yeah. This I is mean, my first time seeing it. Yeah. When did it come out? Because I've been meaning to watch it for a while. I just have never gotten around to it. Yeah. Um, Ready Player One is like the live action Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, Wreck-It Ralph? Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah, because Wreck-It Ralph had the same thing. A lot of references to video games. Like, I'm pretty sure I saw... Yeah, you saw. we saw Ryu. We saw Chun-Li. I saw... There's a scene where Harley Quinn is dead in the camera. Like, you can't even miss her. Like, the IROC goes and sits down next to Harley Quinn and two other avatars. And it's the Arkham Asylum version of Harley Quinn. So that's, like, those moments of references that I really like, where it's like, okay, it's not that just I recognize this character. I recognize which version of the character you guys are using because she has a different outfit in basically all, like, everything she's in. So, like, this is the Arkham Asylum Harley Quinn, so that was kind of cool. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, they had Chun-Li, Ryu, Sagat, like, Goro gets a <laughs> Goro, and then they had the alien reference with the alien head coming out of Goro's chest. Yeah, that was cool. I actually, I was like, oh, hey, it's the, it's the prince from Mortal Kombat that we just saw also. And then Alien, right. which is, is like, we also did Prometheus. So it's like everything that we have been watching is kind of like coming back in, in this movie too. Yeah. I have to ask though, was that the serenity that when the, at the end of the movie when um, the guy who, was his name Saito? I can't remember. The guy who was uh, who had the Gundam and he jumped out of the ship. Did he jump out of the Serenity? Mm, I don't the ship know. looks familiar, and I thought it looked like the same ship from Firefly, which is the Serenity. I did. I don't remember. I thought Serenity was the name of the character, not the ship. No, no, no. Yeah, Serenity's the name of the ship. I don't know. I wouldn't remember. Um, Sorio might know. Firefly is one of Sorio's favorites. Okay. I don't, <laughs> Sorio, if you saw Ready Player One and you're still in the chat, can you tell us if that was the Serenity uh, at the end of the movie where the Gundam jumped out of? Okay. Don't recall if it was there. I don't pay attention. <laughs> Uh, I just, just want, wanted to um, also uh, thank, forgive my pronunciation, I think it's Ilkermabellia, Ilkerm <laughs> sorry, I cannot pronounce that, but thank you for the follow.
<laughs> Maybe Chris can do a better job with that pronunciation. Um, I'm looking at it right now. Ikaramabe. Balali. I think I said it right. Hopefully. But yeah, but thank you and welcome. Hope you in, are enjoying the show so far. Yep. We're about to talk about another show next. We're going to talk about uh, Moxie. And then after Moxie, we'll talk about the first episode of Loki for the YouTube channel. But if you guys want to stick around after we're done with the recording for the YouTube segment, um, we can talk about the latest two episodes. So full total of three and see what you guys, how you guys are liking that show so far. Uh, just give me one sec. I'll be right back. Yeah, no worries. No, great. Thanks, Onslaught. I appreciate you. Um, yeah, we do this every Monday. Every Monday at 7.30, we, um, we record these segments. We, we, we have our Twitch that we do for about two hours, but in between, we record segments that we post on YouTube uh, like during the weeks. And we talk about different movies. We talk about, well, today we're going to be talking about Loki, but we're also going to be talking about, um, but we talk about different movies and stuff like that. Mainly we keep it to movies, don't really, usually talk about television shows, but if it's something that people want us to keep doing, then then we'll do it. But yeah, hope all you guys are having a good Monday though so far. This definitely was, uh, I had a good weekend, um, so I hope you guys have one too. It was really nice because I got to actually hang out and just relax for a little bit, which haven't been able to do too much recently. But yeah, I'm not really sure what, I don't remember what we're going to be doing next week. I think we're but, doing um, Batman and Joker. Oh. I think. Okay. Yeah, that might be the okay. following week, but I'm pretty sure it's Batman and Joker. That sounds right. But if that's the case, then we uh, we got to talk about what we're going to do for it wasn't that good because that's still going to be two more open discussions. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, we... <laughs> We don't like doing it wasn't that good. Because <laughs> we had to watch a movie we didn't really like. <laughs> uh, but hey, we can also open it up to our viewers to see if anyone has some suggestions. Do you guys want us to shit on anything? Because we will gladly do that. Uh, for your <laughs> if recommendations. I think it's awful. Yeah, if you want, like, just let us know if you, like, really didn't like a movie and you really want us to shit on it, like, take good shit on it, we will do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, no. We won't, um, when we do the YouTube uh, segment recording for Loki, we won't talk, we won't talk about anything other than episode one. And we'll only talk about episode two and three if people in the chat would like to. But if you guys don't want to, then we'll probably just call it a night there. Zombie. Zombievers like, is amazing. I like Zombievers. Zombievers. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with that movie. That is a perfect movie. That yeah. is one hundred and ten percent on Rotten Tomatoes. There's Let's nothing go. wrong at all with that. I can't think of a single thing that I didn't like about Zombievers, except for maybe oh, oh. diversity. <laughs> <laughs> right but i did i did like uh, try to get my um comic book shop um i got one of my friends at the comic book shop who works there i was telling him that it was a good movie and that it was fun 
And I guess I didn't tell him that it was an R-rated movie because he decided, oh, let me put it on this the the comic shop um, t- uh, television screen. Uh-oh. And then <laughs> within, like, the first 10 minutes, he's like, oh, whoops, I can't show this here. <laughs> like, yeah, no, man, watch it at home. I wasn't telling you to watch it right now. Oh, Onslaught, it's not, they're not zombies, they're zombie-vers, very different. It's not yes. a zombie movie. <laughs> well, it's a zombie movie, except with beavers. Well, I mean, I guess there is a zombie at the end. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, spoilers. No, I, need <laughs> I need that sequel. I need the sequel. <laughs> so bad. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure if the apocalypse does happen, it will be zombies. And I'm pretty sure that that will be the... We gotta we gotta worry, though, because, like, if it's the slow-moving zombies, I don't think zombies will be a problem. If it's the fast-moving zombies, I think all of us are dead. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, we should go ahead and get started on our next segment so we can go and um, knock that one out and then get to Loki. We still got two more videos to record yep yep sorry we're moving a little bit fast today just because we have um so much to cover but i think uh i think we're doing pretty good we're actually making pretty good time considering <laughs> in my oh, yeah. opinion maybe no, we definitely. should maybe we should be faster paced like this more often Carol's <laughs> <laughs> like let's just get to it <laughs> yeah. see here's the here's the problem this is why you never do a good job all the time because if we do all three of these and they all come out great and then and we end with like time to spare, Cheryl's then going to have a conversation with me after this is over being like, oh, you know what, Chris, maybe we can do three from now on. You know, we just got to do it like that. Let's start. Let's just start doing three from now on. We don't need to do two. We've already proven that we can do three. And I'm going to be like, Chris, this is such a great idea. <laughs> maybe we should do three from now on since we're doing such oh a good God. job. No. Oh, no. No. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start talking very, very slowly. Y'all heard it here. This was Chris's idea. <laughs> and for the record, doing three today was also his idea. So I don't know why he's pointing at me right now. <laughs> because I I don't want to make it a regular thing. That's why. And I and I and I know you. I know you. Is this because I suggested doing two in one night? Because that's been turning out fine. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> anyway, let's go ahead and do Moxie. Let me look at my notes. This is going to be, for oh. those of you in chat that haven't seen Moxie, Moxie is not going to be as fun of a conversation. Yeah, so. it was, so it was, um, it's not, like, it's heavy because the content is kind of heavy, but it's done in an uplifting way um and then just to like point to the fact that it was made by amy poehler who is a comedian (laughs) that can kind of give you an idea of like the feel of the movie which is just it has heavy content but it's addressed in a somewhat comedic way so it's a little light-hearted but um it's it's essentially it's about feminism and teenagers <laughs> <laughs> and Amy Poehler. 
Okay, I was just looking over my notes again before we start. Um, that, that one, uh, my emotions for that movie were kind of all over the place. Okay, I look forward to hearing what you have to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to be very, I'm going to be very even about, about my feelings, but I'll just say, yeah, well, we'll get there. Um, let me use the restroom real quick because I've been drinking some water and then we'll go ahead and get right into it. So give me like two minutes, guys. All right, here we go. Um, yeah, uh, has anyone other seen Moxie? Hey, Seth, nice to see you back. Uh, if you haven't seen Moxie, it is on Netflix, and I highly recommend it. Um, it's It sounds like a heavy film, but it's not that bad, um, at least in my opinion. And I would definitely recommend watching it. Um, it has a feel-good ending. <laughs> yeah, should I just do this episode by myself without Chris since, um, like Seth says, I'm the main host of the show, so. <laughs> uh, no, Onslaught, it's not a drama. It's, it's not like a comedy either, but it's kind of like a, I guess it's sort of like a dramedy, but more, it's not... It's not that much of a drama, in my opinion. What do you think, Chris? Do you think this is a drama? Or I was just saying, I think it's kind of a dramedy. I was going to say dramedy. But it's not yeah. But it's not that much drama. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I, wow, catching up on shit. I wasn't even in the room. What is wrong with you? Yeah, we don't need him. He don't bring anything of value. <laughs> Oops. Yo, Seth. My guy, why are you here? Why are you don't telling you... our audience to leave? <laughs> I'm not telling our audience to leave. I'm telling him to leave. <laughs> okay, well, I'm telling Seth to stay. So I think that neutralizes our opinions and Seth can do whatever he wants. <laughs> I was about to make a really bad joke <laughs> in reference to Moxie about why your opinion didn't matter. Oh. And then I decided against it. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I don't really want to know what you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Forget you, Chris. I'd say the other thing, but this is a family friendly stream. That's right, Seth. Well, not this part. <laughs> Only when we're yeah, recording. No, this, part. <laughs> this part, I say whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> um, <laughs> by the way, Seth, we were just asking for recommendations for It Wasn't That Good, if you have anything that you would like us to talk about. Um, but anyways, should we get to it? Yeah, let's go ahead and get to it. We're going to start in on Moxie. So, but yes, um, think about it, guys. If there's anything that you guys know that are movies that you don't think are that good, but you would like to hear us talk about or you think would be interesting for us to talk about, feel free to let us know. We are we have a list of our own, but we're slowly running dry. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be, like, 
a bad movie. It could just be a movie that, um, like, a lot of people liked, but you didn't think it was that good, or, you know. I mean, I guess the whole premise of that show is actually Avatar, because everyone was, like, all gung-ho about Avatar, but we actually hated it. (laughs) Thus, launching the show, it wasn't that good, so. Okay. Cool. That's right. That's right. I got a juggernaut on my side. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I ain't scared of nothing. Let's go. Let's go, fam. Got the, right. got the fam in the chat. That's right. Got the relatives. Let's go. All, All right. right. Let's go. Ready? Cool. Thank you, Seth. Um, opens his DMs and sees... <laughs> I fucking hate you. I'm not familiar with that, so. <laughs> oh, man. Sounds like we're later. doing we this next week. <laughs> we need to record our show. SoCal is my favorite fighting game. It's a thing. I can't get into it right now. This man is the worst. I hate him so much. Let's let's move on. All right. We're gonna record our segment now, y'all. <laughs> Nothing but love in the chat. One of these days, I'm gonna love. need to meet Seth. <laughs> I haven't met Seth actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, actually, I know what he looks like. We 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 do a show together. I've seen his face. He's seen mine. We talk. We play playing games for like the last year, but I haven't met him in person. Okay. Well, apparently, Seth doesn't want to meet himself either. So we'll see how that goes. Quite frankly, oh, I just like the way you treat Chris, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure that if I put Seth and Cheryl in the same room with me, my life would be miserable. So we, <laughs> we will make sure that you two never meet in person because I don't need that kind of, I don't need that kind of tragedy to occur. Sounds like a fun day for me. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, let's go ahead and get this. You ready? I am, let's go. All right. All right, here we go. In three, two, one. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is an open discussion with C3 Films. My name is Chris, and this is... Cheryl. And today we're going to be talking about the very lighthearted, family-friendly film, Moxie. So if you haven't seen this movie, make sure that you go and watch it before you come back and watch our video, because we are getting into spoiler territory. And um, so, yeah, let's go ahead and just get right into it. This was recommended to me by Cheryl. Um, I had not heard about this movie. I didn't. I wasn't aware that it when it even came out on Netflix. Um, but you had heard of it. How did you? How did you end up finding it? Um, my roommate wanted to watch it, so I just happened to be there. We watched it, and I was like, "This is pretty good. I like it. I like the mood of it. I like the way that the issues were presented. I thought that." It was just worth watching because the issues are so relevant to today. So I, I thought, like, yeah, get it out there. I think more people should watch it. Yeah. No, definitely felt that way. I found myself very, like, I ended up enjoying the movie more as I kept watching it to kind of see where it was going. Because I didn't know anything about what the movie was going to be about. And... So like when the movie started, I actually thought it was gonna be a horror movie when she was running in the woods and she started to scream and you didn't hear anything. And I was just like, 
huh, okay, that's interesting. And then it was like, oh no, this seems like it's gonna be kind of slice of life type story. Let's see how this ends up developing. Um, and the Amy Poehler, seeing that Amy Poehler directed this movie and then seeing her in this movie was, was a treat. I think Amy Poehler does a really good job as the mom in this movie. I love her scenes. Every scene she's in with her daughter and especially the scene when they get into a fight near the end of the movie, I thought was just how she played the mom. And because normally you see these arguments with the daughters and the moms where the, the daughter is just cursing out the mom and saying whatever she wants. And the mom is kind of almost feels like weak in that situation. But I never felt like Amy Poehler was a weak character. The way she talked to her daughter, the way she was still firm, but caring, I really enjoyed how she was portrayed and how she like acted out that role. Yeah, I mean, it was very empowering, I think, for women. It's definitely um, designed to empower women. Um, and I liked how they even made it so that Amy Poehler's character is a single mother. Um, and, like, you know, she, you know, father is just out of the picture. And, like, yeah, she's dating someone, but it's he isn't the kind of person that like you know he's it, it's a, it's a guy that plays phil colson and, yeah Clark um, Gregg. so he's very he's a very soft guy and you know he doesn't oh he doesn't like i guess like insert his manliness in the movie which i think is also great i also think it's more realistic um to have a like a, a character like that where you know he's just he's just a regular guy and yeah he, he doesn't and try to be a father figure at all no and and it might be just because it's him but he's also just a very charming guy yeah and like he doesn't come across as smarmy or or annoying like he just seems like a chill dude and i think that's why they got him to play that that part the so I, I was a little challenged when I was first watching the movie because when we we're talking about realism, I wasn't sure how realistic the movie was going to portray these issues. Because a lot of times, especially in nowadays when people are making movies, a lot of times um, it seems like some writers don't really know how to insert the message that they want to that they want to convey without losing telling a good story. It becomes, some of these stories mainly become about the politics and less about actually telling a good story. And then those movies can come across as preachy. And in, that, and in my opinion, when you make movies like that, they are not gonna be as effective. If I make a movie that's just racism bad, congratulations, most people know that. But if you're trying to change people's minds, then you have to tell a good story about how these things can affect people in a nuanced and fair and balanced perspective. And when I was first starting watching this movie, that wasn't the impression I got from it. Um, you know, we talked, you mentioned how Amy Poehler is a single mom. There are actually no fathers in this movie. There's, we don't see any fathers for like, and yeah, like some of the kids, we don't see their parents, but if you see a parent, they're a woman. So, Basically, there's a bunch of single moms in this film, which to me doesn't seem, isn't indicative of what I saw growing up. I have a single mom, but 
people around me did, didn't. Um, and so I was worried that this movie, like even when we meet the potential boyfriend, the way the male characters had been presented up until that point, I thought that the boyfriend was a trap. I thought he was gonna be another jerk character. And that's probably why as the movie continued, I started to feel better because then I started to see that the movie wasn't wasn't trying to just tell this narrative of female good, man bad. It was trying to actually be more balanced and nuanced in the discussion because he was a balanced character and he even is right in some of the arguments that he's having with his girlfriend and she's kind of stepping out of pocket. And so now all of a sudden it's feeling more interesting because we're playing with these dynamics. But in the beginning of the movie, that wasn't the, that wasn't the, the, that wasn't the feeling I was getting. Yeah, I also felt like, um, I think you're probably talking about the, uh, their first date when he brings her to the funeral home. I was like, oh no, he's gonna like try to make a move on her or something. But no, he actually turns out to be like a pretty good guy. Um, yeah. My only thing about that character though is that he's unrealistic. <laughs> Guys are not like that, sorry. <laughs> but, um, but he is he his character embodies what we're used to seeing good guys in movies as so like that's just how good guys are usually portrayed in movies and so it seems familiar to us that that like you know is like the typical good guy character in like a rom-com but we know that that is not real so (laughs) so i i yeah i mean i I think if i think nice people like that can exist the problem is that and sometimes the movie can kind of almost kind of skirt the line of parody because like you were saying you think that you feel like the guy the way the boyfriend was portrayed wasn't very real but on the other end you have the other the other guys just being as bad as they could possibly be. Like there are no redeeming qualities um, of those men. And so that's why those, like Clark Gregg is probably like the best example of like a character that feels real. Um, but, and, but that is what also led to my kind of um, hesitation when approaching the movie was the fact that we had, we're almost just creating caricatures and not really people. Because yeah, those other guys are just, all the rest of those guys are just, they're terrible, like absolutely awful, and there and and there's no helping any of them. Like even just random guys that are passing the girls, are mm-hmm. are just the worst. Yeah, I I definitely feel like the 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 male characters, with the exception of um the boy the mom's boyfriend, that the male characters just didn't seem very um, believable. In both directions, like the the bad guy mm-hmm. and and the good guy, because you know if you think about it, um, I'm pretty sure that like the jock guy would be not like so on the nose about like him being like that bad. Because usually, like in in reality, guys like that kind of like they they trick you first. They put you in a right. In a false, they make you feel safe. Yeah, they make you feel safe first, which is what, probably why we we thought Seth, um, the the boyfriend, the main character's boyfriend, 
was um, going to turn out bad because that's the reality where you feel like he's a good guy, you trust him, and then he ends up not being the the guy that you thought he would be. That's the reality of how, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of people are in the real world. When you see someone being, like, a dick, like, um, I forget his name, <laughs> Mitchell. <laughs> Mitchell Wilson, Mitchell, Mitchell Wilson, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, like, he just seems like you're, like, the way guys are depicted in high school movies so right yeah yeah so like like that would that's what like they're pointing to but if i i think like because it's so obvious like and so on the nose that he's a bad guy like yes it's believable that he's a bad guy but then you also think seth is going to be a bad guy because he's being good first and that's like the reality part of us like our thinking being careful yeah at least for me, as a woman. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I, there's one of the scenes I want to talk to you about that I is my favorite scene in the movie that I thought felt the most real are the, scene, are the scenes around her friend. Um, do you remember what, her best friend? What was her friend's name? Claudia. Claudia. And how Claudia... Because this was also something that was... You know, we try not to get make get too much into this stuff on on our YouTube, but like one of the things about Claudia, the question that comes up, and I'm glad that they address this, is how do people fight? Because everybody has a different way of fighting, and just because someone isn't fighting the way you think they should fight, doesn't mean that what they have to offer isn't valuable. And that's exactly what's tackled in this movie with Claudia because she has certain challenges that prevent her from fighting in necessarily the same exact way and showing her support in the ways that people would rather her show it. But she tries to, and I think the movie could have gone done more of this. I don't think it, it kind of just dips its toe in, but they, they show that everybody can have their own way to support and own way to fight and it could still be just as valuable. And at the same time, you have to recognize that even though you are fighting this battle, you are still fighting a different battle than this other person because of your ethnic background. Because that also is something that this other person has to think about and has to contend with, not only for their for themselves within the world that they have to occupy, but also in relation to their parent. And I thought that that was very interesting. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, I definitely related to Claudia a lot, obviously, um, she is Chinese, and so am I, and, um, I definitely remember having, you know, those kind of, that kind of relationship with my mom, where, you know, like, it matters what I am wearing before I leave the house to go to school, it does, um, and, like, the idea of even trying to explain the protest is just like I don't even want to go there because like, like, her, like that generational gap. Not it's not even just a generational gap; it's a cultural gap too. Because her mom probably didn't come from America. Her mom, like, and I think Claudia mentioned it in the movie that her mom and like come had come from like another country and had to like work very hard to like 
give her the opportunity to even go to college. It's so true. Like, 100% true. That is what my mom did for me. And to, like, ruin it by doing a protest, it's like, you know, is that is it worth it? Like, because of, you know, my future and stuff like that. Um, it's just all very relatable to me. Um, especially, like, for this movie. Uh, just on multiple levels very relatable and I think that's why I appreciated this so much and I feel like they take a lot of real life situations and it's like in the movie like from you know the the girl being pulled out for what she's wearing um to uh you know rape in school by a boyfriend you know like those are all and even the teachers not accepting your claims like i i fear that too i like you know i have been in a situation where i've had to come forward for something and i was afraid because i didn't think people would believe me and that's right 100 percent true like there there is a reason for that and it's showcased in this movie yeah absolutely um the movie does a good job of tackling different scenarios that could pop up um and so sometimes it feels like they're they're trying to tackle all the scenarios which can sometimes almost feel like in some cases these other things might be dilute diluted because like that thing that um you're that you just brought up that doesn't get addressed until the very end of the movie and like the last 15 minutes, um, which can work and is fine, but it's almost kind of one of those things of like, I wonder how this storyline could have had a little bit more to it or if there was anything more that we could have done with it. And maybe, and you know, maybe that's one of those things where it didn't need anything more, but like, but yeah, the movie tackles all those different things, even the whole thing with the, the, the sports teams, that's another big one, how the girls team wins, the boys team loses, but the girls team can't even get good uniforms and the boys team gets like parades or whatever, um, parades in the gym and whatnot. So like there's definitely a bunch of different topics that they that they seek to address. Uh, I was impressed. I was surprised. I mean, I guess it's not a big deal. Like we do this in movies all the time, but I was surprised at how freely they show teens drinking in this movie because it was just like this is the one girl has champagne like at a football game and it's just taking it to the head. And I was just like, oh, I don't think that I could have gotten away with that. I don't think anyone could have gotten away with that where I went to school. Like, like what? But all right, shoot. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's definitely not perfect. There were things in there that were not believable. Um, but I feel like overall, the messages that they have in there, I appreciate the way that they were presented and addressed. Um, there were, and, and even like the dialogue, there's some really strong dialogue in there sometimes. Um, like for certain scenes, especially when they are discussing the issues, the dialogue's very strong, very concise, and like the interactions that they have together. Like when Vivian um, talks to, I think Lucy, the new girl, and she's like, uh, you know, just ignore him. Um, 
like he'll if you keep your head if you keep your head low um he'll just bother someone else and that's basically like saying like if you if you Let don't do, do it like like he'll he'll like if he it's almost like saying and i know like this is a kind of a a thing that is being talked about these days where like like you can it's almost like saying if you don't get raped if you do what you can do to not get raped then he'll just rape someone else and are you okay with that because that's basically what that conversation was about right yeah and that's why she was saying he was dangerous Mm -hmm. and the other girl didn't see it and then her eyes kind of get opened and the movie is movie is basically her awakening mm-hmm. right her awakening and seeing these things that are like normalized it's like why are these norm- why is this normalized this isn't okay and yeah and so like as the movie continues i feel like the movie starts handling these topics a lot more in a in an interesting way the um, one of the issues though that i had with this movie and it's not something that's super important because this isn't the point of the movie but I am so over the black buffoon character in movies because that seems to be the only way. It's either we write them as an idiot that's like, you know, funny, or we write them as this stoic, you know, badass that can like beat up everybody. And there's no real room for nuance. And that's not saying that everyone writes it that, that way, but that has been the trope over the years. And so we don't have that many black characters in this movie and the one black male character is a foon that is just constantly saying dumb things it just it, it i can't help but feel like a little annoyed by that even though i know that that's not the point of the movie the point of the movie is about the journey of these women and how they um how they learn to fight for themselves so that is the focus um but it is one of those things where it's just like well even in a movie that would be seen seen as progressive as this, you can still make certain pitfalls and stumbles. And that's not saying that you can't have a a bad black character, but it is to say that we can get a little bit more creative with how we portray betray these characters, um, rather than just going back to like the stereotypical way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm glad you noticed that because I was happy with the way I was represented in the movie. <laughs> Seth, Claudia, amazing. <laughs> yeah, they did, a, they did a good job with Claudia. I mean, yeah. for most of the female characters, they, they handled it well. I felt like how they tried to handle the one gay relationship in there was a little odd because that one, to me, actually felt thrown in. Um, those two characters, we didn't get to see them talk that much and have an interaction and build a relationship. And so when you see them kiss, it's like, you know, we're all at a party and then they just do it. And I know that it's supposed to be like a surprise, but I didn't even realize that they were that cool for that to even happen. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was something where I was just like, I wonder if there's like some deleted scenes or something where we didn't get to see them interact and kind of build some type of friendship or even just a kind of connection that shows that they may be into each other even a little bit, but they're not going to do anything. And then in that moment, it pays off. And it's like, oh my gosh, yes, they finally, yeah, they, they did something they hooked up or of course. Um, so that was one of the, that was another thing that stood out to me as like fine to include, but odd because 
it didn't feel like we had the time to make that feel earned, at least that moment when they kiss. Uh-huh. Um, I agree. But yeah, so, but I felt like most of the other things I didn't really have an issue with. I felt bad for the mascot. Oh my gosh, this poor man. Like, this man gets just like bullied and beat up this entire movie. And then at the end, like the that girl, that one, that one of the girls, the girl with the Afro, literally says that I tripped him and I don't feel bad about it. This is <laughs> feminism. And the guy is sitting there just like, well, yeah, that's fine. And I'm looking at like, no, no it's that's not, not okay. That's he not broke a... his arm. Yeah. When, he tri- when you tripped him, he broke his arm and he's actually outside with you. He walked out. He didn't stay in the class, which means he's he's an ally. He's one of the homies. What are you doing? Yeah, and that's so also bad. that's not feminism. <laughs> that's just right? being a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um. I did like the part about how um, there was that one scene when Vivian was like, ha- like c- kind of yelling at, like she was having a, she was spiraling and she was like yelling at Seth and she was like, "Are you gonna write my, write your name on my arm like I'm your property?" And then at the end of the movie, like he sh- he like rolls up his sleeve and it has her name on it. And I'm like, that's so cute. I love it. That's so good in a movie, but that's so not real life. <laughs> that's <crazy. laughs> and that's why Seth is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, no, but I I like that moment too because at that point the movie is ending, so they don't kind of get a moment to reconcile like you would normally get in a romantic comedy or something. Um, so that's the movie's way of kind of capping off their relationship and showing that you know things will probably be okay. So. I liked I liked that way for ending the movie, and or ending how ending their interaction, and then yeah, the movie ends like basically right after that. Um, I I know you you were talking about the mascot, um, but I personally really like the mascot not just because he's a pirate, but because he makes a lot of pirate puns, which <laughs> I thought Arr, you would. You me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you would appreciate his puns as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> well what's funny there's one moment where he says good day mermaids and pirates and the girl next to him is just like what is that supposed to mean <laughs> and i remember thinking to myself like wait a second i mean women can be pirates too and, and he's just like oh i'm trying to be inclusive and that girl's like so women can't be pirates <laughs> anyway <laughs> like pirates of all genders and i was like oh my god i was like I love you, man, but I'm, I'm sorry. that You lost that one. You have to hold that L, but he's, he's still a great... I still like him. He's a, he's still a fun character. Yeah, he's a fun... Yeah, I I feel like he was almost like the the comic relief of this movie, but... Oh, yeah, he was. He wasn't, like, in the movie that much, but enough for... <laughs> it was almost kind of like, like wallpaper. Like, people don't really notice him, and they just kind of walk right past his puns and... <laughs> Right, they're like not even trying to be bothered. Yeah, like if he like he's one of those characters where like if you just completely removed him from the movie, the movie would still be the same movie. <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> he doesn't really do anything or change anything, which you know it's fine. But um, the teacher was also pretty funny. I like the teacher's journey through the film. That was another um, fun little thing because I can see being the type of person that's just like 
look, this is beyond me. I don't want to get involved and not realizing what that sounds like. And then by the end being like, all right, we're here. Mm -hmm. So that was cool. What did you think about the uh, principal and her whole role in this movie? Um, uh, she frustrated me so much because she's like, oh, see, when you use words like harassment, it means like, you know, and she's like really cutting slack for, um, for, uh, Mitchell. She's probably one of the only female characters that seems to like be like anti-female almost where she doesn't care at all until like her hand is forced. Right. Yeah, she spends the whole movie trying not to do anything. And then, and I guess that's the the point of that story plot line, right? Um, when the one, the new girl goes in to talk to her and she's like, I'd have to do all this work. I can't do it. But at the end of the movie, she ends up having to do all that work anyway, because he actually did do the thing to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And she spends yeah. the whole movie basically putting him on a pedestal. And she's just really proven wrong. And, yeah. like, you know, like, a, how big of a mistake it was for her to have disregarded all the complaints that Lucy made. Yeah. She, that poor, that woman, man, she just, she's like, I don't want to do my job. I just want to come to work. I just want to sit in my office, maybe go to an assembly. And I just want to go home. She's like, don't make me do things. <laughs> Yeah. That is the laziest principle I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> I mean, I think the I don't think they were trying to make her seem lazy. I think they were just trying to make her seem oh, no. dismissive. No, she's definitely dismissive. Yeah. No. <laughs> that's that's absolutely the point that they're going for. Um <laughs> because that's how the world is. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, but that's everything as far as like my biggest takeaways um not much else that i like really feel like i need to go in on i kind of hit all of my major points but what about you you have anything else uh i just thought it was interesting because uh because i watched this movie twice when i watched it again this time i remembered the 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 opening scene where she's in the forest and she screams but she can't like she has no voice and I was like, right. oh, that, like, is such a, like, duh, kind of. Right, and now by the end, she has her voice. Yeah. So, so. I, I thought that was a cool bookend. Yeah, no, true. But, yeah, that's Moxie. Um, what did you guys think about it? The, um, did you guys see the movie? It's on Netflix. It's free, so go check it out. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Um, whatever you thought about it, comment below, let us know. And while you're down there, if you give us a like, share, and subscribe, even if you don't though, I have been Chris and this has been Cheryl and we will see you all next time. All right. Yay. All right. Two down. One more. Loki's the last one we're going to do for the night. Oh, this is going to be fun. Except for I. It sounds like you've seen the movie. Oh yeah, I, like, I noticed that too. Your comments what? sound like you. Yeah, watched reading the your movie. comments, it actually it sounds like you've actually seen the movie. So I'm kind of curious what made you watch the movie. Um... <laughs> On Netflix, and it's free, but Netflix is sub based site. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, do you know anybody that doesn't have Netflix, Seth? 
for instance, Seth, do you not have Netflix? And if you say no, then I will give credence to your argument. Mm-hmm. Chirp, chirp. Okay. <laughs> I mean, crickets. <laughs> oh, also, I was I've like, seen I've seen life. life. <laughs> <laughs> that so, still counts, though. Yeah. It's like, most people, if they don't have Netflix themselves, they know someone that does. And that someone that does is usually not that far away and the, so that they could enjoy it. Yeah, and the reason why you don't have Netflix is because you know someone that has Netflix. <laughs> right? Yeah, especially you, Seth. You like movies, too. Get out of here. I know you like movies. Shoot. I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, I'm curious. I'd be actually curious now to see how many people have Netflix, HBO Max, Hulu, Amazon Prime, or Disney Plus. Um, like, what do the metrics look like for that? What is what has the most subscriptions and what has the the least? I feel like Disney Plus would be up there, but then again, I don't know. I mean, the UI sucks, in my opinion. Oh yeah, for Disney Plus. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Netflix has always worked. Oh yeah, go for it. Mm -hmm. Netflix has always worked the best for me. Um, HBO Max is on at least on PlayStation has started to frustrate me, but HBO Max is uh, is fine. I actually think that Amazon Prime feels the best when I'm navigating it on my on my PlayStation. Oh yeah, you've been watching. You watched the trailer when we started talking about it. Gotcha, onslaught. The. I'll be dropping Netflix when I go to Canada, supposedly IP blocked. I mean, Storio, just get just get a VPN. Get a VPN and life is good. So don't you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> nah, I hate movies. I read my animes and watch my animes. How you forget that? <laughs> bro though, bro, bro. When Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus Kong, whatever that movie is called, when that movie was coming out. Weren't you like at the top of the line leading the pack? And didn't you go to the movies to see to see uh, Mugen Train? Or are we not saying that Mugen Train's a movie? I know it's an anime, but it's also a movie. Therefore, you like the movies. I haven't seen Mugen Train, so you've seen so you've seen one movie more than I have. <laughs> It might be HBO Max. HBO Max content slowing down. Yeah, it's slowing down now. Um, but they did, I mean, I, I don't know how much you like these movies on slot, but they did add the um, entire Harry Potter collection on there, which I'm happy about because I haven't gotten to go back and watch the first two movies since I was a kid. I only saw them once. Um, the rest of them I've good. seen multiple times. Is that what? It wasn't that good. The first two movies? All of them. Trash. Garbage. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Um, besides that, though, also Onslaught, I don't know if you knew this, um, but they have all of the extended cuts of Lord of the Rings on HBO Max now. So, I don't... I Cheryl, so Onslaught's actually the cousin that I watched the extended cuts of Lord of the Rings with. So I've seen the extended cuts of Lord of the Rings because of him. Nice. 
Nice. So, yes. Um, and Cheryl is a big fan of Lord of the Rings. For those of you guys that don't know her, she is a nut about those movies. Not as much as Pirates, but uh, like Pirates of the Caribbean, but she loves she loves herself some Lord of the Rings. I do. And I was upset at first when we first talked about... Um... I'm just going to ignore Sorio for a while. Um. <laughs> Sorio's trolling. Sorio's trolling. Nobody attack her. <laughs> can, can we, like, can we, like, kick Sorio out or something? Um, anyway. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, when we initially talked about doing Lord of the Rings um, for our show, to our knowledge, it was the theatrical cut, and I was really upset that we would have to watch that and not the extended edition, because I don't physically have the extended edition with me. It's at my mom's house. So, also, I don't have a DVD player. <laughs> so, um, I was I was not happy, but then when we finally did come around to do it, and I, I saw that the extended edition was on HBO Max, I was so thrilled, and and I told Chris about it, and I was like, if you can make me watch four hours of Justice League, take shot everyone, um, then you can watch the extended cut of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and I did. And I did. And I like that, Seth. Seth's like, there are so many amazing shots in the extended versions, but he doesn't watch movies. So let me get this straight. This man doesn't watch movies. But he's seen the extended cut of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Which is not the movie that came out in the theaters. <laughs> Bruh. You up here you up in exposing yourself. What's a DVD player? I know, right? You watched you watched all the extends about three or four times. Yeah, I've only watched them that one time with you onslaught, and then I haven't watched them again. So I just rewatched the Fellowship of the Rings like a couple of weeks ago, like maybe last month or so. Um, for and I I didn't remember some of that some of the extended scenes. So I knew I had seen the originals enough times, at least the Fellowship of the Ring I've seen multiple times, the theatrical cut. So I knew which scenes were added. But I couldn't remember the extended scenes um, from when I saw it originally with you, which is why the Two Towers and the Return of the King are going to be interesting for me because I've only ever seen those movies theatrically once, and I've only seen the extended cut once. So I don't think I will be able to tell the difference for what was added and what was not there originally when I watch it. So I'm like the opposite. I've seen the extended version so many more times than the theatrical cut. I don't remember all the things that were deleted. <laughs> <laughs> I, when we were watching it, because, okay, so I know we were, we were supposed to watch the extended cut of Lord, uh, Fellowship of the Ring, but I actually went all out and I watched all, um, like, 10, 11 hours of the... Um, the Two Towers and Return of the King as well that weekend. <laughs> wow. And, like, during the whole time, I was like, was that one? The, was that scene added? Was that scene added? I don't remember. <laughs> so you can't even imagine. I, the only thing I know was added was Saruman's death in Return of the King. Like, in the theatrical cut, you don't see him fall off the top of the building. You just... 
they talk about it. Um, oh. But the really? actual death is only in the extended cut. Are you talking about the eye? No, Sar- not Sauron, Saruman, uh, Christopher Lee's character, the white lizard. Oh, 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 gotcha, gotcha. I was yeah. like, I'm pretty sure that, and then I was like, wait, are you talking about the mouth? Because <laughs> that was at it. <laughs> This this man, Seth, someone <laughs> Return of the King was great. Not that I've seen it. I've heard about it, though. I guarantee you I could bring up more movies, Seth, that you have absolutely seen for someone that doesn't like to watch movies. And, yeah. Anyway. I was going to say, anyway. it, it hurts that you people are telling me that Lord of the Rings was not good or that you can't sit through it or that you haven't seen it. It just hurts. Everyone in the chat has seen it. I'm uh, the only one that hasn't like rewatched it. Sorio, I think Sorio hasn't actually sat through the whole thing. Oh, that's right. She's falling asleep. Yeah, and I think it sounds like Seth hasn't seen it. No, or is he just trolling no, too? He's trolling. He's seen the movies. Okay, don't, good. Don't, my, you my gotta read between were, the lines with him. My feelings, my feelings, guys. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I did fall asleep. I mean, the extended editions can be long, but I have to say though, I I think nowadays you could release the extended cuts in theaters because I feel like mo- moviegoers are more willing to sit in a movie for what they know is going to be an epic. So like they'll sit in a movie theater for two and a half hours for a Harry Potter movie or three hours for like an Avengers movie because they know that that's going to be like an epic experience so releasing a three and a half hour cut of lord of the rings doesn't actually seem like that much of a big of a big deal nowadays yeah i mean when i think sound of music was one of the longest feature movies and there was an intermission like an actual play so i feel like they could do something like that and just bring back intermissions Right. I mean, they have that in get... theater. You said what? Sorry. They have that in theater. So why can't they do it for movies? Yeah. No, I'm, I hear you. Oh, sounds like Sorio's going to be watching the extended Lord of the Rings cuts. Oh, yeah. Oh, what dude. order should we watch it if we add The Hobbit? You don't want to ask Cheryl for that opinion. Just don't watch The Hobbit. There you go. <laughs> Watch Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers, Return of the King, then take The Hobbit and burn it. (laughs) (laughs) I also am not a fan of... I am not a fan of those uh, The Hobbit movies. Um, Yeah. So, like, I think the first one, I mean, no, I think, what was it? No, they all frustrate me in some kind of way. Um, They're all bad. So, yeah, I mean. <laughs> they just added a bunch of stuff. Like, they took a, ch- a children's book that was shorter than one Lord of the Rings book, one of the three, and then they turned, imagine taking Fellowship of the Ring and then turning it into three movies. <laughs> That's why The Hobbit is bad. <laughs> so they just they add a lot of things for those uh, other movies. It sounds like though Onslaught wants you to watch all of them just for I guess the full experience. Um, 
He says start the prequels first. So that that'll be up to you. If you're here, how about this? If you're planning on watching the prequels anyway, then go ahead and watch them first. Watch it in order. But if you're only gonna watch like one or the other, Not watch the original trilogy. Yeah. The Hobbit is not a trilogy. This is I can't have this conversation anymore. We already had a show. We already had an episode about this, and I'm done talking. About <laughs> I'm, like, I'm so annoyed at the Hobbit. I, really <laughs> I know, I know. Peter Jackson made those movies. He added a lot in those movies. And <laughs> we all know how I feel about the Desolation of Smaug. Got so mad at the end of that movie. So mad at the end of that movie, Desolate man. Y'all just like left me hanging. <laughs> so, but we should go ahead and talk about Loki. We've had it. We've 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 killed some time. Um. Let me respond to this text real quick. I hope you all have seen Loki. Um, the first episode. We're only going to talk about episode one. Yeah. Oops. I'm looking forward to rewatching Two Towers. Oh my gosh. I remember that one being the best. I remember that one being the one where I was just like, okay, Lord of the Rings is, is fire. And then, like, I like, I remember liking Return of the King, but I remember. I remember Two Towers because that's the one where Legolas like rides an elephant and like kills it and then slides down the trunk and then Gimli is like. That's the third like, movie. That's Return of the King. Yeah. What? I thought that was Two Towers. That was the the battle on Palinor Fields. I I think I'm saying it wrong. But uh, yeah, that was like outside of Minas Tirith. Okay. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and get to talking about uh, Loki. Okay, we go. Got my notes. So I actually watched it a week ago because we were supposed to do it a week ago. So I may or may not remember the details of it. Yeah, um, I also watched it a week ago. The biggest thing to remember is that um, it started with how Avengers Endgame, that scene with Avengers Endgame with him escaping. Remember that he gets um, arrested by the the Time Bureau, and a lot of it is him kind of learning what the Time Bureau is and then seeing how his life would have gone. And then by the end of it, he is told that the reason he's there is because the variant that they're hunting is him. Right. And that's how episode one ends. And well, and it ends with that hooded figure burning some of the people that that show up. Right. Let's just go with it. <laughs> I I'll yeah. try to I'll do my best. I didn't have time to watch it twice or uh, watch it for a third time. Today. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all good. All good. All right. All right, so whenever you're ready. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is an open discussion with C3 Films. My name is Chris, and this is... Cheryl. And today we're going to be doing a special uh, version of our show. We don't normally talk about television series, but we're going to talk about the first episode of Loki today. So if this is something that you guys enjoy and you want us to do more of in the future, let us know, and we'll, we'll see if we can make this happen more often. 
But spoiler alert, we are going to be talking the details of the first episode. So if you haven't seen it, it's on Disney+. Plus. Go and check it out and then come back and watch our video. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Um, I know, I feel like most people that I know are Loki fans, like uh, like fans of the character, despite the fact that he is a villain and an anti-hero or however you want to see him. A lot of people like the character. Or maybe they just like Tom Hiddleston playing the character, but a lot of people have love for Loki out there. Are you one of those people? I am one of those people. Um, it, he's just fun. Cause, like, even, you know, I know we, we talked about the Avengers. We have an episode for the Avengers, and one of my favorite scenes was between him and the Hulk. Uh, there's just a lot of things in there where, like, you know, he's just not an all-evil person, and they make that very clear in the Marvel series, in the Marvel universe, and I think that's one of the reasons why he's so likable is because he's humanized. He has uh, layers, and I think that's why he's such a lovable character. Yeah, um, and that reminds me, actually, potential spoilers for us talking about Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, um, because when you watch Loki, those scenes from those movies do appear in this episode in this episode so we have to talk about it um but yeah like i was curious because so i'm not really a loki fan either um or i'm not really a loki fan i i'm whatever with the character i like seeing his interaction with thor but the character i'm just kind of like meh on and to tell the truth out of all of the shows this one was the least one i was looking forward to um yeah i was I was like, yo, Falcon and Winter Soldier, bet, let's go. Uh, WandaVision, I was like, maybe, but it seems like it's going to be House of M. I'll check it out. Loki, I'm just like, all I kept thinking to myself was, the reason you guys had this scene in Endgame with him grabbing the test racket and escaping was to set up for a television show. I am so mad at you people right now. Why you use this movie to set up a television show? I, I, I did not need this. But I really enjoyed the first episode. <laughs> I have to say, like, out of the three new series that they put out, Loki is 100% my favorite one so far. And I was so pleasantly surprised because I didn't believe that they would do a very good job with it. Um, I don't know why. Mm -hmm. Like, I just couldn't imagine what they would do with Loki's character and, like, how would they, how they would go about doing it because he died. He's already dead in the Marvel Universe, so, like, what could this possibly be about? And I love, like, the whole idea behind it. I love the humor. The humor is just so, like, on point. It's just... The humor's really good. It reminds me of Joss Whedon's writing from the Avengers, and I'm like, this is perfect. This is Loki. This is, like... And I think that's also why I'm such a fan of Loki, is because he's so easy to, like make fun of because he's always like i'm powerful and i am awesome and then like you just do like one thing to him and then he like he just loses and it's and he loses in like such a funny way that it's like it's just laughable but then like he's still loki after that like he doesn't let it tear him down and i think that's why like he's so great for example like in the movie when like he's before the judge 
I'm sorry, not the movie, the show. He's like before the the judge, and then he was like, um, "I am guilty of." And then there's like this long dramatic pause, and he's like this, and then like nothing happens, and he's just like, "Uh, uh, uh," trying to do it, and it's <laughs> like nothing happens. Like, it's just so fun to like build the Loki up as this powerful, powerful god, and then. He's just like he's just a regular guy. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I love no, Loki. I, yeah, he, he's a he's a he's a he's an adorable like guy <laughs> sometimes. Um, and one of my biggest questions with going to the show is how they were going to basically catch him up because this is a different Loki than the one we've seen. This Loki hasn't gone through all the changes yet. Um, so, like. How is how are they going to make it so that he's not just evil? Because he was just evil back then. And they do these cool scenes where it's just like, do you like hurting people? Let's talk about that. And the, the way to buy him not being so evil is to try to convince us that he actually does not like hurting people. Because how can you get behind a character that enjoys hurting people? Unless, you know, it's that type of show. But this is Disney. They're not trying to make that kind of show. So that's kind of like how they kind of re- redeem him in the eyes of the audience. Yeah. Um, I also really liked the the design of the show. I think it's clever how they decided to take him out of the time, like regular timeline. It seems like a little messy because of the... Um, the fact that uh, Doctor Strange has power to manipulate time with Infinity Stones, but in this show, th- it's also about time, but it's like a level above the like Doctor Strange power of manipulating time, which makes it a little bit more confusing. And then, um, so it just was a little bit hard to wrap my head around that. And then it was just interesting to see the um infinity stones like there are a lot of infinity stones and the clerk uh the tva clerk is like yeah we just use them as paperweights because they like don't do anything in this in this realm i guess (laughs) right that was interesting to me because that was like so the first episode is kind of built behind breaking loki down um and it's like he this was his like grand purpose like that's what he's he comes with grand purpose that's his whole thing but the for infinity stones the tesseract which is just one of six and they have just a drawer full of them they're in somebody's office drawer and this is what he's been building his entire life to and it's just like he is and it's just like it's so amazing because so when my friends and I sit down and talk about Avengers and we talk about the characters that have grown the most or the characters that have gone through the most, one of the characters that pop up for us is Thor, but by extension, that also means Loki. Because we talk about how, how Thor basically loses his mother, loses his eye, loses his hammer, loses his people, and then loses his brother. like. Thor loses more than any other character in the Avengers universe, but also so does Loki. 
Loki basically, and that's what they show him, and that's what I, I, I love that first episode so much because Loki gets to, when he's trying to escape, he goes and sits down, he watches a recording of his life. And he sees past things he shouldn't have seen. He sees his mom, he sees his mom die, which he, even in that movie, he really, he got upset about. And so, because he loved his mom, she taught, she taught him magic. And he sees, he, he hears about Ragnarok happening. And then he sees that when he finally decides to do the right thing, he dies. So that, and then the, and the Tesseract and all these stones that he's going for just being like paperweights in someone's office, it breaks down his entire understanding of what his life meaning is. And that's kind of, it's, it's a logical and very well-written story reason to have that character make a drastic change in such a short amount of time, considering that in the timeline that we've seen so far, two or three hours ago, he was um, trying to take over Earth and killed a bunch of people with Thanos' army. Yeah. It's it definitely like by design. I think out of all the episodes that have come out so far for the series, the first one is still by far the best. Like, yeah, the setup, just everything, establishing the characters, the world, the where like the direction of the storyline. Because your first question is always going to be like, where are you going with this? Um, everything is just set up so nicely in that first episode and it's also the funniest i think in my opinion like it was just very humorous um a ticket the ticket scene oh yeah (laughs) that was great um yeah definitely (laughs) like he was just so against everything up until that moment um and even like the whole thing about like he where he's like this is a mistake. I'm not supposed to be here. And the next thing we hear is like the announce the announcer voice of the of the video that plays like on like loop and it's like you're probably thinking <laughs> This was a mistake. I'm <laughs> not supposed to be here. And it's like this Southern Bell accent and like just like the whole thing of it like that whole the whole thing about TVA is that it's supposed to be like this super super advanced place but everything is old school retro technology like box televisions and like analog tape and stuff like that and like it looks like it's right out of like the 80s and it's like it's just so cool like it's just a cool idea to like have that concept being like futuristic and stuff it kind of reminds you of stuff like like um in like star wars right where it's like made in the 70s and their futuristic stuff looks like old school stuff to us when we look at it like nowadays because it still looks so primitive to us but it's actually in the future from from now if that makes sense yeah no yeah it's it's almost kind of a thing of like everything gets a return um but i think stylistic wise like that is a cool aesthetic and that that feels fun and interesting to see. Um, so yeah, I really I really like that aesthetic too. Do you know, by the way, who does the voice of uh, the television? That little that little character that appears on the TV. I don't. Who does the voice? Her name is Tara Strong, 
And that's the same voice that does Batgirl in the Batman animated series, as well as a bunch of other cartoon voices. She's a really famous voice actress. So it's kind of cool that they got her to come into this show and do a voice actor, nice. to do a voice to act alongside Loki. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, like, I, I'm like, I'm very pleasantly surprised by how much I like the show. I was surprised like you about the comedy. The comedy caught me off guard that it would be like that funny to me. Um, and I, I wonder if it's one of these things where because I went in with no expectations that the show could do nothing but impress me, that, which is why I ended up just being so pleasantly surprised. And Owen Wilson, who would have thought Owen Wilson See, I think that's actually the only thing that I don't like about Loki is I wish they picked really? someone else. I mean, I you don't I like don't, Owen Wilson. I don't not like Owen Wilson, but I just wish that they they they. I feel like they had an opportunity to diversify here and they didn't take it. Oh, I see. That's the only reason well, why. They have their boss. Because they had. Well, yeah, but they had, I mean, when you have your main character being Loki, and you can't change what Loki has already been established to be. So make the co-star someone else that you could build up, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, and especially since they're hunting Loki, like, you find out at the end of the episode, like... You guys that haven't seen past episode one, we're not going to say much, but if they're hunting Loki, then Loki, that Loki that they're hunting can also only look a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. So so what Cheryl's saying is that absolutely true. Like, that is kind of a missed opportunity. But that being said, I don't, I don't hate Owen Wilson. Um, like, I enjoy how, because Owen Wilson always came to me, come, came across to me as like a comedic actor. So it's kind of interesting to see him play the straight man to Loki being unintentionally funny. So it's kind of like this almost kind of like bad cop, good cop um, scenario. Um, And like these two just having to like learn to work together and get along. But yeah, like overall, I just, I'm enjoying how those two play off of each other. And so that's what's making that's what made that first episode very fun, and then even even that whole little rewinding thing that they have, where he had the collar and they just keep rewinding people back. I was just like, when when that woman was messing with him at the beginning of the episode, and he's just like, "Oh, I'm gonna kill you." I'm like, "Yo, <laughs> you need to stop messing with this man because the show is called Loki, and I don't even remember your name, so you might need to really start being nicer to this guy." <laughs> <laughs> I like so, her. I loved it when he just like got the color on her and was just like mm. Yeah. <laughs> I think my favorite joke was when that guy's like he gives Loki a stack of paper and he was like please sign and verify that this is everything you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> also sign this. <laughs> <laughs> I love how that moment Loki sees the picture, the, the paperwork, and he's just like, let me make sure I don't say anything else now. <laughs> like, let me shut up. <laughs> I like how he also just goes with it, and he signs it like, okay. 
<laughs> right? I mean, what else are you going to do? He can't use his magic. He can't do anything. Yeah. Um, I love how confident he is. Like, even, like, in these moments when he's in, like, like talking, when, he, when what is it? He's in the trial or whatever, and he's talking to the lady and basically saying that, is he guilty of being better than them or whatever it is that he says? But she's like, are you guilty? And he's like, I haven't done anything. And the only thing I'm guilty of is blah, 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 blah. And now I'm going to show you <laughs> what's happening. Like, he's trying to use his magic. And they all just laugh at him. Like, this yeah, poor man. Exactly. Because <laughs> he is a god. He is a god. He is not supposed to be tramping around with mortal men. This is a man who a couple of days ago literally said that an ant has no quarrel with a boot. So he has no, he has no love for, for normal people. That's true. I wish they put that in the beginning. <laughs> but that, I mean, that is, that's so Loki. That's why I like Loki so much is because he's always confident. Even when you tear him down, he still finds some way to like still be Loki. And, you know, again, with the layers. So um, there was this one part. I don't, so I wrote it down and I remember it, but I don't remember the context of the scene where there's like a slow motion shot of Loki being like slapped in the face. Oh, yes. I just remember that being so great. And I literally wrote down, this is the first thing I wrote down, um, take note, Snyder. (laughs) This is how you do slow-mo scenes. Well, and what you know what, what, what it's not even true in slow motion. What ends up happening is that he gets hit with like this time stick and his body gets slowed, but everybody else is still moving at regular speed. And what she says to him is that you're now moving at one sixteenth um speed, but feeling all that pain in real time. Which is really messed up if you think yeah. about it. It's like <laughs> you punch someone in the face and it takes like five minutes for her them to get finished with the motion of being punched in the face, but the entire time they're feeling the pain of being punched in the face, which in reality, that initial pain would come in an instant and then you would just have the lingering pain. So mm-hmm. he gets that instant pain for five like minutes or so and then gets the lingering pain afterwards. It's kind of messed up. Yeah, and I just, I love how all of this world building is established in 40 minutes. Like, yeah. All of this is just all done in one episode and then from then forward they could just move on with doing whatever they want to do with the show because they've yeah, already like just set up everything for a new path there's there's still some things that they can that i'm sure they'll expand upon like the timekeepers and who they are what they do specifically and how they look um we see these statues of them throughout like the the time variant agency but yeah like i thought that this was like very cool that they got a lot of the world building out of the way while still making the first episode seem interesting because when you do it's a good example of how you can do world building in a comprehensive way that doesn't just feel like exposition like you can tell us information but still make the acquisition of that information come across as interesting so I'm glad that they did that, but there's still plenty to expand upon. Like, I don't know much about like the the timekeepers, but I also don't know much about how do time variants like like happen, because the only reason that Loki happened was because the Avengers messed up, which is why he even says, "I think the Avengers are guilty. You should bring them here." But 
um, yeah, how do other time variants occur if not for no realizing or meeting like somebody that can time travel or can break time. So that's why they step out. So I think that that's what, I think that's something that's pretty interesting. It's also funny that he's not even the first Loki to be a time variant. That's yeah. also funny. <laughs> Repeat offender. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that they're probably going to explain more on that stuff in the future on like future episodes. It is doesn't feel uh, like series- a, a lot of it is like hinted, and then I think they're definitely going to expand on it later. Okay. Is this series, would you say, is, do you remember if this series is going to be like six episodes, like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, since it's like an hour long? Like, Seems like, like 40, yeah. 50 minute episodes? I don't know for sure, but that is what they did with WandaVision. And. Well, WandaVision was half an hour, and it was like nine episodes. Oh. So WandaVision was the longest one. Hmm. Don't know. No clue. Okay. I just assumed that there would only be six. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, they. I'm impressed because even. So they have that one shot where they you see the kind of the futuristic city from the window, and it doesn't feel like bad television CG, which we're all used to because we've watched those sci-fi shows on Sci-Fi Channel or old Stargate episodes and stuff like that. Um, so we've seen like kind of not great CG. So it always impresses me how much money Disney and Marvel are willing or, you know, Star Star Wars, whatever, willing to like devote to these television shows to give them kind of a movie feel. Mm-hmm. I mean, I honestly, I think that is kind of the direction that people are going in these days, especially with the pandemic. Um, but you, you know, like a lot of this was planned before the pandemic, but I just think that it seems like people are moving more towards watching series versus movies. Yeah. Yeah. I, and for me personally, I, I love movies, but I usually end up liking series more, whether it's an anime series or live action series. And it's usually just because it feels like you can have a lot more realistic progression of characters and character growth over the course of an eight episode season of one hour long episodes versus a two and a half hour movie that takes place over the course of like a day or two. Um, Like this, this first season of Loki or this only season of Loki could literally be like six months. Mm-hmm. you know, of time that passes while these things are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, or it might be a week. But the point is that I, I find myself really connecting with series more as well. There's just more time. Can you imagine if uh, Justice League, like, you know, if, if Snyder was given the opportunity to do Justice League as a series as opposed to a four-hour movie? <laughs> I think I would enjoy it more. i almost think that's all kind of what they wanted to do but to tell you the truth if he made a justice league series i'd watch it i think it would be a hit yeah right he'd have all the time in the world to do everything he wants right yeah no exactly so that might be something to look at in the future but yeah so i don't know i at the end of the day i enjoyed the first episode I've seen the next two episodes. There's three episodes at the time of this recording, and I'm still liking the show so more. So I'm still liking the show as I keep going. 
I agree with you. I feel like the first episode still was the strongest, but the other, the next two episodes have not, I have not lost um, interest. Mm-hmm. I'm actually kind of upset of how, about how the last, the third episode ended, and and I have to wait um, until. I guess I have to wait until Friday to watch it because that's when I watch it with my boyfriend. But I'm upset yeah. about the cliffhanger in that episode. But we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I, now I get so. why you don't watch things week by week. But the reason why I watch things week by week is because I don't enjoy spoilers. So. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. I usually stay off social media, so it's usually pretty easy for me to avoid spoilers. Um, for, Cheryl's making reference to the fact that I normally don't watch shows week to week. Like I wait for shows to be completely done. The only reason she got me to watch this much of Loki was because we were going to be talking about it on this show. So that's why I watched the first episode and I was watching it with friends and we couldn't just stop at the first episode. So we watched the next one. Um, so yes, Chris, I probably will actually wait unless she wants to keep talking about it. I will probably wait until all the episodes are out till I, before I finish. But I have to say that there is something nice about being able to engage in conversation with a show as it's coming out. So Mm -hmm. I will give you that. I mean, like my strategy is watch it week to week and then watch it again all over again after they're all out. (laughs) That's not a bad one either. So, yeah. Um. But that's basically everything that I have to say about the show. Is there anything else that you wanted to um, say before we wrap up? Nope. Um, I'm just excited to watch more. Okay. Well, um, yeah. Have you guys seen Loki? What did you guys think about it? If you're interested in hearing more of us talking about Loki in the future, go ahead and just leave us a comment. You know, Let us know that you want us to do that, and we'll... Um, We'll, we'll make it happen. And if you want to see us do this with other shows, then we'll do that too. But be sure to check out us on Twitch and to see our full segment of how we talk about these shows and these movies. And make sure that you guys give us a like, share, and just subscribe on our YouTube channel and let us know what you guys thought about this segment. But even if you don't, though, I have been Chris, and this has been... Cheryl, and we will see you all next time. Steph has a suggestion. Another suggestion. I definitely got a show for you to check out. The credit music is dope and the different ways that they spell his name to represent the different variants. Yeah. 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 That is dope. That's really cool. Like I find myself watching the credit the credit uh, music or the credits every time. Yes, me every too. T- it's just so interesting. It kind of reminded me. Uh, it reminded me of X Files, like the the way they were showing, like changing the font on um, the title for Loki. Mm-hmm. It was just interesting. Even the even the title card is interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Peaky Blinders is that what that is? If y'all haven't seen it, Peaky Blinders on Netflix. That'd be my suggestion. I don't know anything about that show. Yeah, I've never heard of that either. So, yeah, I'm down to check it out. Why the, Why not? What's funny is that I give I give Seth a lot of shit, but I actually, uh, I value his opinion. So, if he's telling us to watch it, it's probably pretty good. 
Um, so I believe we have had a very successful two hour and 15 minute stream. Uh, has it been two hours and 15 minutes, really? It has. Wow. How, and we powered through three episodes, and it's 9.45. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to, we were doing our segment, so I couldn't, like, get too far into this, but I wanted to bring up this comment by Onslaught, um, where he talks about Loki's life, because there's something else I forgot. One, I forgot also that they lose, they both lose their father. They're, Loki is adopted father, mm -hmm. Thor is actual father. But, you know... Um, yeah, he says, honestly, Loki should want to just blow up the whole timeline. He's born a runt from, he's born a runt frost giant, given away because his side lost, grows up in the shadows of an almost perfect brother, then finds out your family is not your family. And that's, and then they all die. And then that's for... before, yeah. And then that's before then your mom, your adopted mom also dies. You know, that's before then your adopted father, who you have problems with but still love also dies. That's before the place that you grew up and lived in your entire life and had friends with is blown off the face of like the, the universe and is gone and most of the population is just dead and the rest are immigrants. So like, and that is crazy. It's, it's, tra it's like, it's one of my biggest issues for why they, don't treat Thor with a little bit more care in Avengers Endgame because that's a tr and for Thor he also loses his brother so add that and it's like that's tragic that's actually like that's some real trauma to like dive into and they play it for laughs in Endgame so you know and I'm glad that with Loki the television show they don't play it for laughs like him sitting there there's not a, a punchline or a joke that comes at the end of him seeing his entire life and reliving that experience is just questioning everything that he's ever thought to be true. Yeah. I didn't even really um, think of that until today during this episode. Uh, and I was like, yeah, because uh, Thor in Endgame is like overweight and stuff like that. And they make it a joke. They make his pain a joke. Yeah. And don't forget, he's also feeling pain because to him, he thinks that he's the reason the, that half the universe got wiped out because he didn't go for the kill on Thanos because he wanted to gloat. You know? So I, I think I like Endgame, but I have a lot of problems with Endgame. Oh, yeah. So. I have tons of problems with Endgame. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I have tons of problems with all the Marvel movies, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah. I have my friend, I was talking to him, he has he has a similar feeling. Um, I still think Infinity War and um, Winter Soldier are, like, two of the best Marvel movies out there, though. I think those movies, even if they have problems, I think that those movies are probably the most well done out of most of those movies. For me, personally. What about Ant-Man? I am not a fan of Ant Man, but I that is that is a personal thing. I get it. Ant Man I did not find to be that enjoyable for me. I like Ant Man, but I think it's because I like Paul Rudd. I mean, how can you not? He's you know, he he's a darling. <laughs> so I also like the, <laughs> I like the end of Ant Man too when 
his friend was like telling a story. <laughs> that was the best part. <laughs> right. Yeah, Seth, uh, comic Ant-Man was better. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure all the comics were better. <laughs> but yo, though, have you seen the trailer for Shang-Chi? I haven't. Uh, I've Well, I've seen a very, very early trailer that had, like, nothing in it. But I'm excited about the cast. Yeah. Aquafina's again. Aquafina's back. <laughs> I, I don't have a problem with her. <laughs> I know you don't. <laughs> for those of you guys that don't know, I am not the biggest fan of Aquafina for a multitude of reasons, but I can I can respect for what she represents and the fact that, you know, she is getting casted in these movies, so it's cool. But Simu Lu, um, there's a they released a new trailer for Shang Chi and the Ten Rings like a couple of days ago. Looks pretty good. So I think that I'm not not that excited about seeing the Eternals, but I am excited to see Shang Chi. Yeah, I'm hoping that um, they just put it on Disney Plus like they did for Luca. Because <laughs> I didn't want to pay thirty dollars for another movie. <laughs> yeah, they they um, I'm pretty sure they're they since they know they can make money off of Marvel movies. They're gonna make. They're gonna charge. They're gonna charge us. They're. I feel like they put Luca on Disney Plus because. Really think about Luca. It's it's a fine movie, but if you had paid money to see that in a the theater, you might not have been as happy. I'm. It's it's definitely for kids. Yeah. Um, so. So I have heard of the farewell, but I haven't seen it because. I don't want to cry. <laughs> I think that movie is yeah. going to make me cry. I've been avoiding watching it, actually. I do want to watch The Farewell because I heard that that was pretty good, Steph. Yeah, um, that movie has actually real-world connections for Cheryl. Um, so as far as, like, the context, the context of the movie is something that she can personally relate to. Yeah, so. I'm gonna. I pr- I probably won't be able to watch it because there'll be like water in my eyes the entire time. <laughs> yeah. So, but and you are ready to watch it, Cheryl. I am ready to watch it for this show. But then the problem is that you have to be ready to watch it and then be ready then, to talk about it. And then it. talk about it. Uh, I I will let you know. I'll consider it. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I want to. I want to see it and then. Peaky yeah. Blinders. Did you write that down, Cheryl? I didn't, but I will. Okay. I mean, I'm writing it down, too. But um, we can check that out, and we can see when we can talk about talk about that show. Uh, didn't Seth also say that he was going to message you, like, a list? Oh, yeah, probably later. But I think he was giving me that for just right now. Okay. Um, but hey, y'all, you out there, how did you like us doing um our first review of a television series yeah if you guys want us to talk about television series more in the future um we're down (laughs) thanks Seth I'm glad you enjoyed the show yeah I mean I think I appreciate you guys um for coming out other than Chris hating me (laughs) I always hate you (laughs) so that's not gonna change 
What you Onslaught's got a movie he wants to recommend. What's what's up, Onslaught? What you got for us? We'll make sure we put it on our list. We have a schedule of a bunch of movies, and then we kind of we have the movies that we're definitely going to watch because they're going to be coming out, and they'll be good to talk about them as they come out, like movies like um, the Suicide Squad movie or um, Black Widow and things like that. Movies that you know are going to be releasing soon. But we have in between times when there's no movies coming out that we just kind of place movies that we are interested in talking about. So yeah, we're definitely always open. Awake. Awake. On I Netflix. feel like I've heard of that one. It, is that a horror movie? Oh no. I, we have to ask because Cheryl needs to prepare herself if it is. <laughs> uh, Seth likes show reviews, especially since it's in the era of them on various platforms. Yes, which is why I made the suggestion because I was like... I think I I first had the idea to start doing series when Queen's Gambit came out, and I was like, everyone's talking about Queen's Gambit. Everyone loves Queen's Gambit. We should talk about it because um, it's so relevant, but we didn't have the capacity yet. And then when Mandalorian came out, and then Invincibles came out, and then when Loki came out, I was like, this is the last straw. We have to do series. We have to start with Loki, and we have to do it now. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair, fair enough. So, yeah. All right. And he said it's not a horror movie. Okay. We'll look at, I wrote it down. We'll look into it. Um, thanks for all the suggestions, guys. Really appreciate yeah. it. Uh, suspense thriller. Oh, nice. that's bad, nice. too. <laughs> no, those are good. You'll be uh... fine. Suspense thrillers are fine. I think you. I think Chris needs a new co-host. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more into foreign movies, so I have suggestions there too. I'm always into foreign movies, dude. We um we've only talked about, you know, I mean, I don't think we've done any like strictly subtitled movies on this show yet. Uh, we talked about the anime uh, movie for Ghost in the Shell, but and we we talked about Miyazaki. Now we well this wasn't Miyazaki. It was a Studio Ghibli film, um, Whisper of the Heart. So those are like the two anime movies that we've done uh, on this channel so far, but I don't think we've actually done any explicitly foreign movies. We were going to do um, Parasite at some point, but that would be, that, I think that's the only one that's on our list right now. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. I can't think yeah, of I'm any not... other, because um, usually foreign films are not mainstream in the U.S., Right. So we don't really but hear I mean, about it. But at the same time, um, watching one every once in a while to put on the show can be good for like spotlight spotlighting good ones. They took a scene out of Parasite. Oh really? Well, we we both have already seen the movie, um, so I'm be curious what scene they took out. They, did they take the scene out where they were underneath the table? I wouldn't be surprised if they took that scene out. Because <laughs> oh, that, that one... That movie is rough, but it was so good at the same time. Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah. It's a good movie. I, if you guys haven't seen Parasite, definitely watch it. We are for sure going to do that at some point. <laughs> Whenever Chris yeah. feels up for it. Maybe we do that <laughs> the same week we do the farewell. 
We do Parasite and The Farewell in the same week. Oh my gosh. Emotions. Emotions, <laughs> yeah. man. Have you ever seen Train to Busan? I haven't. Yeah. I can't do that movie again. Okay. <laughs> so so let's I mean, do that movie. <laughs> Yeah, if y'all want to cry all over the place, you know? <laughs> Bruh, I saw Train to Busan, and my heart, by the end of that movie, could not handle any more, any more breaking. My heart was just breaking that entire movie. <laughs> Train to Busan is hilarious. All right, it's time to end the stream. I can't talk to this man, Seth. I can't, I can't, I can't talk to him. <laughs> that movie, that movie is great, but that movie is... Mm, 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 mm. Once was enough. That's a that's a phrase we have growing up. Once was enough. Fatherhood. Fatherhood. Hmm. Okay. I have some daddy issues, so I don't know if I like this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have you seen Fatherhood, Chris? I haven't even heard of it. It's, it seems a little I bit like it was... I appreciate adding it to the list. It was... Happened? It seems specific to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was being personally addressed <laughs> to watch Fatherhood. You probably just think that you like the movie. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'll put, I put it on the list. Um, cool. What is Seth saying? Is Seth... Spoiling. He's talking about Train to Busan. Oh, He's talking okay. about things that happen in Train to Busan because that movie gets ridiculous. Um, so, but it's the movie is amazing, but the movie uh, is all I gotta say. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, uh, who would have thought the best protection was wrapping yourself in clothes and punching zombies i mean they can't bite through the clothes so i guess if that they're kind of makes sense but i feel like your range of motion would be kind of shit <laughs> okay okay know. uh <laughs> this is why i hate Seth. i kind of want to watch it but i'm also afraid to watch it because you said that you don't want to watch it again <laughs> I'd be curious if you want to watch it to talk about it on this show one day. I'd be willing to, but I don't. That one I need. I would. I need to drink in order to like watch that movie again. Which show does it go on, in your opinion? Oh, it goes on an open discussion. It's it's absolutely a great movie. It oh. absolutely is. Okay, but you don't want to watch it because it was heavy for you. Yes, for me. Because it's a comedy. It was. It's so, not a comedy. It was so funny. You can stop crying. Yeah, it was so funny. I just was crying tears of absolute <laughs> joy because I could not stop laughing so hard. <laughs> that ending was trash. On that, we agree. I'm so pissed at that ending. That ending was hot doo doo. So we were talking, so you mentioned Train, and then you mentioned, we were talking about foreign movies, and it made me think of um, Budapest Hotel, the Grand Budapest. Oh, the Grand Budapest Hotel? Yeah. yeah that, that movie where, like, the terrorists come and they take a hotel hostage? Uh, 
Is that the movie? No, I don't think so. I don't remember. Actually, I really don't remember what the movie was about. It was oh. a Wes Anderson film that I really liked. It was entertaining. But I oh, don't, okay. for the life of me. Is it really what I'm thinking of? I can't remember what it was about because it was so, like, quick. But we should definitely do that one. That was a good movie, even though I can't remember I'll, it. I like how Seth said that he doesn't watch movies. And all he's doing is giving us a shit ton of movies. A and suggestion. Some of these movies I haven't seen. I haven't seen Shinjuku Incident with Jackie Chan. Go figure. So I think, Seth, what you really meant to say is that you watch a lot of foreign movies, sometimes American movies, but mainly you like watching anime. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, at, at, at OG Sephiroth. Um, anyway, it just hit 10 o'clock. I'm pretty sure we're at two and a half hours now. We are. Um, the Centipede 2? Is that a good movie or a bad movie, Onslaught? <laughs> Cause it sounds like a bad movie. Like, do I, should I write this down? I'm gonna, I'm gonna write it down. <laughs> that that sounds like a movie that we are not ready for. It <laughs> sounds like something I will enjoy for sure. <laughs> like, what was that movie where they sewed? Like that guy was sewing people into like a the, uh, yeah. I think it was called The Human Centipede. Okay, yeah. Seth will send me a list of movies that he hasn't watched but heard they were good enough to watch and had he watched them, he would have wanted to make sure that I also watched them. And then make comments as as if he did watch them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but he hasn't. And don't add him. He doesn't watch movies. Oh, troll. Okay, let me just cross that off the list. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, the the time before you said you weren't joking, and now you are. I can't read. I can't read you, man. <laughs> I can't cross this off now. <laughs> I think it's time to go. <laughs> oh god! I think it's time to call it a day. <laughs> traumatized. Oh shit! Okay, definitely don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh gosh but yo thank you guys thank you everybody for coming and hanging out with us tonight this was a really fun stream me and Cheryl weren't sure if we were going to be able to do um, three different um, shows or movies or whatever to talk about on one night and we got it done and it we didn't I mean didn't even feel that tired because we had you guys talking with us in chat and making us have a good time yeah, so. it didn't feel like two and a half hours at all. <laughs> yeah, so appreciate y'all. Like, seriously, every time that we we do a stream and you guys come out here and support us, it makes it easier for us and we have a good time and we hope you guys do too. And yeah, thank you for the movie suggestions too. So we'll check a couple of these out and hopefully when we talk about them, you guys will be able to come through and, um, and see us talk about them. If you haven't joined it thanks there's Seth. a discord where you can also see whenever we go live and stuff like that um so be sure to join that if you want to just see when we're live and um hear about us talking about some other things <laughs> i support cheryl the other guy is okay i guess that's Seth, funny so you, you are welcome. feeling is mutual so <laughs> you are welcome every week don't, don't mind, tell him that. Don't mind the other guy. 
<laughs> that makes him think he can stay. Don't tell him that. Please stay. <laughs> it's like when you feed a it's like when you feed a stray cat or something and then they all of a sudden they never leave you alone. Don't give him genuine compliments because then he'll think they're true. So see you next week, Seth. <laughs> For I'll see you next Monday during our show at seven thirty. <laughs> Which, by the way, we are, I guess we ought to take a look at the schedule um, off stream, but we are currently planning to do Batman Begins and the Joker movie, right? Uh, I thought we were going to switch it up and do two shows for It Wasn't That Good because we yeah, have we probably so, should. Yeah, because we're a little, we're lagging behind like, a little bit with those, so. Okay. So, yeah. Ever since, ever since this channel, ever since this channel has changed. <laughs> oh gosh, whatever. Um, all right, so we don't know what we're gonna, uh, we're going to do yet. So Cheryl and I will talk about that off stream, and then we'll upload it on our Discord and our uh, Facebook page. But yeah, um, anything else you have for the people tonight, Cheryl? Before we uh, cut out of here and get some rest. No, um, just, uh, I'll see you next week, Seth. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, y'all all have a good night. Same time next week, 7.30 p.m. Um, over, um, C3 Films channel. And, yeah, y'all all have a good night. We'll see you next time. Take us up to the lobby. See you guys.